You are Locked On Mississippi State, your daily podcast on the Mississippi State Bulldogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bell State Nation? Welcome to Locked On Mississippi State, your daily podcast dedicated to Mississippi State Bulldog Athletics. I'm your host, Taylor Jones. Joining beside me today is Bart Heitch. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you will get 20% off your next order. Again, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you will get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Be sure to follow us on social media at LockedOnMissState. That's LockedOnMissST. On Twitter and Instagram, you can also send us an email, LockedOnMississippiState at gmail.com. We'd love to have your inputs on everything going on with the show and everything going on with the Bulldogs. So this week was a a bit frustrating to watch. Uh, Mississippi State falling to Kentucky 24-2. A lot of comparisons of the 2018 game uh, came up multiple times, not just on social media, but uh, in the media as well, just those comparisons and... uh, just several things that uh, just didn't go the uh, way of the Bulldogs, especially offensively. Six total interceptions. We finally got to see Will Rogers compared to K.J. Costello. You know, what are we thinking about those two? Uh, the defense had a pretty good game as well. Uh, looking back at some of the things that they were able to do, Kentucky was only able to throw the ball for 73 yards. They were only able to rush the ball for 75 yards. So uh, they were able to really keep Kentucky in check. Um, but offensively just couldn't quite get it going. A handful of mistakes that just kept being made, and Mississippi State is now sitting at 1-2. and two. So we'll now welcome in Bart Heitch to talk about the game and everything that uh, went on with it. And Bart, I think the first thing that really comes out to our mind and really everybody is uh, the play of the quarterback, K.J. Costello, throwing again 55 times, completing 36 of those passes, only 232 yards, but he threw four interceptions, including a couple that just seemed like he just threw him right to the defense. Uh, we got to see Will Rogers play a little bit too. Uh, so just your thoughts on the quarterback play and uh, what your thoughts on uh, Will Rogers are uh, now that we've seen him play in the game. Disappointing uh, weekend um, on the football field. We, uh, you know, we've talked about the turnovers and, you know, I was, I, I was equivocating it to, um, you know, it just seemed like KJ got, has gotten in this mode. Um, I guess when when people are continuously, continuously not open, you know, other than like five yards right in front of you or outside, um, you know, why? Because you can't really run the football and, and get people off balance. You know, you just – you get antsy. Um, you get extremely uncomfortable. And it's kind of like in basketball against pressure when you would – pick up your dribble or just your turn your back and just try to throw it and get rid of it because you just, you know, you're tired of not having anywhere to go with the ball, um, basically. And that's kind of, um, you know, our play action game doesn't work because we can't, we can't run it. And uh, it's just been frustrating. And I know it's frustrating for KJ, um, especially after the first game we have, but our offensive line's a problem right now. Taylor. Um, I don't know if it's because we've got a lot of guys that maybe you have more recruited as good run blockers and, People are talking about the wide splits that they have, and but people are getting pressure rushing three and occasionally bringing a fourth from gaps, and you know that's just not acceptable. When you have more turnovers than you do touchdowns, you know, or more interceptions for that matter than you do touchdowns on the season, um, I think it's very close. If it's not, 
Um, you just can't win like that in this league. So uh, I think it might be time to switch it up. You know, I know I, I lost I, I lost my starting job my senior year, um, and it's one of those things that's difficult to talk about, but I wasn't producing. And, uh, and when you're not producing, you know, the team needs a spark. And I think, uh, you know, Will, from what we're hearing, has looked really good in camp. I actually thought he looked – you know, he looked comfortable. You know, he was trying to lead the team. Uh, and, and and I think, you know, it's unfortunate that the interception was thrown when he when he threw that one. But, you know, either way, um, I don't see I don't see how it hurts this week, you know, to mix, to mix it up and, and just kind of see what uh see what different might come from it. Because it was uh, it was the second most frustrating game I've been to in about 12 years. I can assure you that <laughs> our second most frustrating game I've seen. And I was at that other one that we had to. Yeah, Will Rogers, a guy that uh, everyone really in Starkville's been high on. I mean, you know, of course, you know, him being a Mississippi product coming from Brandon High School, the same high school that Gardner Minshew went to. And Gardner Minshew, of course, played for Coach Leach at Washington State before going on to the Jacksonville Jaguars. So he's, you know, used to this system. Um, I'm not exactly sure what they called it, but they didn't call it the air raid when he was at Brandon. But uh, he's, you know, used to this offense. I think really the only thing that separates him from K.J. Costello is K.J.'s got more experience. He's got that uh, that three-year starter at Stanford uh, experience as opposed to Will Rogers, who's just coming in, um, you know, just this year. And he's been dedicated to this program for a while. He was uh, recruited by Coach Dan Mullen. He signed right probably within a month after Joe Moorhead was hired, and he's been committed for him for that long Um but I kind of think you have to give him some, at least give him some time. I don't know if you give him a start or how long you let him go, but just kind of, you know, let him have a couple drives. No matter what happens, no matter if he throws three touchdowns, no matter if he throws three interceptions, just kind of get him in rhythm. Uh, that was the one thing that stood out to me, too, when they were kind of swapping him and KJ out uh, towards the end of the third quarter and in the fourth quarter. I was like, I wonder just how much of that, not just quarterback producing, but just chemistry wise how much, you know, them swapping in and out every two or three plays is really getting – is not really helping the offense at all. Um, well, at this point, you're one and two. Um, and, and I can assure you that the schedule is not going to get any easier. So, you know, you're going to have to find some sort of rhythm, some sort of normalcy. Six picks between two quarterbacks is too many. And when we just seemed a little unsure and uninspired um, – and, you know, 50-50 balls, there were a couple of them, and we didn't get them um, that we possibly could have gotten. And so it just seemed like offensively that fire uh, wasn't there. And so do you switch them out? Do you not? I, you know, I don't know. You know, go back and let's let's start uh, you know, tomorrow or Tuesday, you know, and let's have a competition for the next two or three days and let's let the team get behind somebody and, you know, find some kind of momentum because, I, you know, switching gears a little bit, I think the defense is playing okay. Uh, I don't think our defense has played, you know, that great of an offense yet. But in the last two games, collectively, they've given up 10 and 14 points if you really look at it. And you could actually argue that it's less than that. So if we're going to go out every time, you know, every game and give up, you know, you know, 18 points, you know, I don't, I don't know how much, uh, how much we're averaging giving up, but it's somewhere around in there. And I don't feel that bad about that. We got to be able to put, put up points. I mean, nobody expected us to be averaging 29 points a game especially after putting up a 44-point game. Going to Kentucky and scoring two points is not acceptable. You know, what's Coach Leach going to do about it? Something. You know, it's not like this guy hadn't – you know, he's been around, and and he will adjust. Now, what does that look like? Is the SEC different? Is it 
you know, we'll see pretty quickly because he's not going to keep going out there and scoring two points. Now, I promise you that. So let Coach Leach handle it. You know, that's why we're paying him the money. That's why we brought him here. You know, and we all got excited the first game. We know this is a process, and I think we got to be patient. Um, but as of right now, you know, I, I would not, ab- absolutely would not uh, mind seeing, you know, uh, Will Rogers in the starting lineup. Yeah, Will Rogers uh, in the game on Saturday, 9 of 15 for 43 yards. He did throw two interceptions, though, but it was good to see him out there and uh, get him used to everything. I do want to stay on the topic of the defense. You brought that up and just how well they have played. Yeah, of course, uh, you know, you see 24 points on the board. Not all of that was the defense's fault. Uh, but uh, Terry Wilson, only uh, he's complete, completed 8 of 20 for 73, so that's, you know, <laughs> uh, less than half of his passes. He only throws for 73 yards. They only allow 75 yards on the ground. Uh, those a couple guys that we were talking about last week, Rodriguez and A.J. Rose. Um, Rodriguez had 38 yards. Rose had 22. Uh, Cavassier Smoke not a uh, factor in the game as he was out. Uh, Josh Ali only had two catches receiving-wise. The defense and Zach Arnett are you know, really looking good, and I think that's really going to help us in some ways while the offense gets it figured out. We've got less than 250 yards this weekend. You know, I mean, what else do you want? I mean, he, you know, it's it's the turnovers, period, in the red zone. We talked about it, Taylor. That's where it, – it, it's double trouble. It's kind of like a fantasy football. If you're playing against somebody that's got a quarterback and a receiver or a quarterback and a running back and he throws a touchdown pass to him and you get hit for 12 points or whatever the max is, it's kind of like that in real football. If you're turning the ball over, that's one bad thing. Definitely if you're turning it over in the red zone consistently, and that's been the trend. So we got to get that cleaned up. We got to get Peyton involved. Um, you know, he's, he's the guy that like is dynamic, the shovel passes, handed off to him, you know, what have you. He hadn't been as active the last couple of games. I know he had the touchdown uh, catch, the great catch against Arkansas, which we had talked about was a great throw. But you know, the chances of making those great throws and great catches in these windows without being able to run the football. Um, you're going to turn it over more than you're going to have those plays. So we got to get it turned around um, shake it up a little bit this weekend. This is Locked On Mississippi State, your daily podcast dedicated to Mississippi State Bulldog Athletics. Bart Heitch is with us today. Coming up in this next segment, we're going to talk a little bit more about the Mississippi State-Kentucky game as well as uh, give our thoughts on the rest of the SEC where I feel like a few teams really got exposed over the weekend uh, some teams really proved to be uh, better than we think they are, and some just got flat out lucky within the last thirty seconds. We'll all talk about that, oh. and uh, yeah, I, I, Bart knows exactly what I'm talking about. But we'll uh, we talking yeah. about that as well coming up in just a few moments. This is Locked On Mississippi State. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar, the low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. One of my favorite Built Bars is the Peanut Butter Built Bar. It only has 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and 5 net carbs. But there's so many more flavors to choose from. You've got the 12 OG flavors, including raspberry, German chocolate, of course, one of my favorites, peanut butter, banana bread, salted caramel, double chocolate, orange, coconut, peanut butter brownie. There's also 6 new flavors, including cookies and cream, and of course, the always delicious Cherry Barcia. It's perfect for the health-conscious guy, and it is perfect for those that are on the keto diet. You can either lose or maintain weight. It helps you do that no matter what you're trying to do. 
and you can do all of that while indulging on this delicious treat that's covered 100% in chocolate and soft and easy to chew. If you go to BuiltBar.com, make your purchase. Do the thing that I like to do. You can get the uh, box of three different flavors. Choose three flavors that you think you'd like. Uh, go to BuiltBar.com. You can get all that in there. And when you check out, use the promo code Locked On, and you will get 20% off your next order. Again, use the promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. It's the Monday edition of Locked On Mississippi State. We're talking about the uh, week three games, including ours against the Kentucky Wildcats, 24-2. to um, Kind of gave a lot of our thoughts on that game. I know we'll circle back around to it as it pertains to all the other games that happened in the SEC over the weekend. Just a very crazy game, uh, a very crazy couple of games. And uh, the first one I do want to talk about is uh, a school or the game that involved the school up north. They lost to Alabama 63-48, but dang, the lane train, he uh, put a scare into the Bama uh, defense, didn't he? He did, and, uh, you know, you're starting to hear stuff come out about did he know the signals, did he what? You know what? Good for Lane. Um, good for him. You know, if he if – because he, he, he did scare – he did scare Coach Saban a little bit, and uh, – and, but you know, I, I don't think you're going to see them consistently, uh, consistently run down the field that wide open. I think there was something to it. They, uh, but either way, don't let it be hidden. You remember what we said about Najee Harris? Yeah. Two hundred and five touches. Two hundred and five touches. That's what's not being talked about. I don't know what Mac Jones' numbers were, but they were ridiculous too. He Ole had Miss's, uh, he had over four hundred yards passing in the game too, and had a two hundred yard rusher. That's insane. Ole Miss's defense is extremely bad. I don't think ours is, and I think by the end of the year, you know, that's what everything's going to kind of even itself a little bit. Um, but you know, Alabama's good, man. Yeah, their defense got torched a little bit. Yeah, you know. You know, whatever. A lot of emotion involved in that game. You got personal connections. You got inside knowledge. You know, insider trading, I like to call it. But yeah, okay. Still, it's still a loss. Yeah, you're right about that. Uh, next, we're game, still both one and two. So yeah, that's all that matters. Uh, the next game that we'll talk about is uh, LSU traveling to Columbia, Missouri, and what was originally supposed to be a home game for the Tigers, but due to Hurricane Delta and the uh, storm and the rain and the thunderstorms and everything else that uh, comes along with it, they decided to move the game up to Columbia. And we were kind of joking about, you know, can you imagine LSU going into Missouri and losing? But they did. They lost 45-41. Uh, game came down to uh, – I know they were inside the 10. I can't remember exactly what uh, what yard line that they were on, but they were inside the 10, fourth down, didn't get it. Missouri comes away 45-41. Uh, what do you take away from that game involving the uh, last year's national champions? Opelini won't make it through the end of the year. He might not make it through half the year. Uh, Brennan's not. Brennan didn't play bad. The offense, at least, is kind of figuring some stuff out. I watched a little bit of it. Uh, very difficult. You know, you have to move a game. It's supposed to be a home game. It's you know, Missouri may not be the worst team in the league. You know, we, we, you know, I, I stated that they might be. I think Vandy's making a case for that. But you know what? I think there's a lot of teams in the league that are just not going to be great this year. That makes sense. It's it's starting to be pretty clear-cut that there's two really good teams. Georgia's defense is elite. 
Um, it's in a very elite defense. Nobody, even Alabama next week, will have a hard time running on them. But uh, LSU, it's surprising. You know, it's surprising with the athleticism and the athletes that you just, you know, you. It's the core. It's it's the core part of football. You know, you got to be able to get some stops if you're LSU, right? With all the recruiting classes and the talent, you know. But it just goes to show, man. There's only there's only few Alabamas, Georgias, Clemsons. Those recruiting numbers, you know, a lot of times you know, they might not always pan out. And some of those other, you know, big big time names, they they stockpile more talent. And I, I was surprised. I have to be honest. I was surprised at seeing that. But you got to – Mississippi State's offense or LSU's defense, which one do you want right now? Ooh. I would take our offense. But – I think so, too. I think so, too. I I, I think – I just – you know, I I can't think – I can't think that Mike Leach is going to take this laying down getting shut out, man. You know, especially in his third game, especially when it's – you could have a trend developing – when you can't stop people, um, you know, it's hard to get that adjusted, Taylor. <laughs> you can't stop them. Um, you know, we, I think you're going to see us start running the ball more. We're not running enough. Everybody wants to see that. Um, so, uh, I think in that sense, we're going to be okay. But, yeah, man, um, LSU's reeling and to be you know, this close to a, um, you know, a national championship – Ask their fans, would they trade it back? Absolutely they wouldn't. Man, they're they not, they not going to mind that much at the end of the year when it's all said and done, if they've got five, six losses, when they got that national championship trouble. Exactly. And uh, one of the teams you brought up uh, getting a big win over Tennessee on uh, Saturday, Georgia defeating the Volunteers 44-21 in Athens. That was a game that was a lot closer in the first half. I, I was kind of hoping that Tennessee would uh, – stay close to Georgia to kind of prove where they're at. But at the end of the day, uh, Stetson Bennett, the dogs pull it out, uh, 44-21. Yeah, Stetson Bennett's starting to resemble uh, Jake Fromm a little bit, Taylor. Um, is that good enough to win a national championship, to win an SEC? You know, we'll, we'll see. Um, but the defense is, is tough. They, uh, th- their front seven is just almost immovable. Not only can they stop the run, they can run with receivers, with tight ends. They can – it's just multiple coverages. And, you know, when you have that kind of talent on defense, and you've seen it. You saw it at the Arkansas game. You saw it this weekend. Kirby goes into halftime and looks at what everybody's doing and just makes the adjustments whatever needed because he's got that much talent and he understands defense, uh, you know, that well. This weekend it will be very interesting, you know, to, when, they, uh, when, when they face Alabama – at some point, somebody's going to beat Coach Saban that played for him because, you know, or either he's going to go undefeated every year because eventually maybe all the SEC co- – well, except ours, all the SEC coach, coaches, maybe former uh, former Saban assistants in the SEC. But, uh, but man, I, you know, Georgia, Georgia has rebounded at halftime in scary, scary ways. And when they really get focused on stopping folks, people hadn't been able to do anything. Um, so yeah, you know, that's another team on our schedule, you know, I mean, it's not going to get any easier for us. And so if we don't get it figured out really quick, you know, we're going to be looking at a three or four win season with all these tough teams that are in the league, or excuse me, all these tough games that we've got, you know, coming down because these teams are not, like I said, a couple of them are not, not good, but man, when you start losing and start scoring two points and turning it over at the rate that we're turning it over, can't beat anybody in this league. Um, and we all know that. So it's got to turn around quick. 
a game involving a team that we'll be seeing on Saturday, the Texas A&M Aggies. Uh, we uh, talked about this uh, last week, Bart, about Jimbo Fisher needing a statement win. Well, he got it when he defeated the number four Florida Gators uh, when it came down to, the, to a last-second field goal, defeated them 41-38. How big of a win is this for Jimbo and the Texas A&M Aggies? When you saw the end of the game, he kept saying it. He was just screaming it. Like he was walking over to do his interview, and he, and he kept screaming, we didn't give up. We didn't give up. You know, as only Jimbo can, but he's right. And that's what he's been preaching since he's got – since he's been there. Now, was Florida gettable? Um yeah, they were gettable, especially you know at home, um, especially right after you had played Alabama and, and you know learned a lot from that game. And but I think senior quarter quarterback leadership. And each week when it's happened, we gave Felipe Franks credit last week. We'll give him credit again this week. Um, it, you know, and, and and the first week we gave Costello credit being that fifth year senior. Um, but you know, you know now you're seeing Kellen Mond. He's been in this league for a long time. The guys that you're starting to – that you're seeing these teams get a little bit better, you know, and, and raise their level a little bit, even though they might not be great yet, a Florida, you know, an A&M, an Arkansas. Think about who those quarterbacks – Tennessee. How long, is the, how long have these quarterbacks been in the league and been adjusting that speed? And their offensive lines are getting better. Um, and then you have a culture change. And uh, A&M, uh, I still – Still think that's a game we can get. The Auburn and A&M game, you know, good stat. We haven't uh, – since we've been playing, since A&M came in the league, we haven't lost to Auburn and A&M uh, both at home in the same year. So I still expect us to get one of those games. Could be this weekend. Um, but, you know, you got to give credit where credit's due. They beat a top five team, regardless of we you know how good everybody is or not. And they're paying that guy a lot of money, and he had to have a win, and the senior quarterback got it. And final game that we're going to recap, and this one uh, came down to uh, came down to the very end, a very questionable call that even the SEC officials said, yeah, if we hadn't, uh, if our officials hadn't blown the whistle, it may have gone the other direction. But Auburn squeezing out a win at home against the Arkansas Razorbacks, a uh, game where you know Auburn still really didn't impress a lot of people, including myself. Arkansas still playing with that fire and passion that you need in order to get some wins. They've got some confidence back, but that uh, but that last play that involved Bo Nix uh, spiking the ball wasn't a fumble in your mind, Bart Hyde. No, it wasn't a fumble. It's a lateral. The dude threw it behind him. It's like you're throwing a double pass to somebody. And like, if I hear one more Auburn fan, oh well, they didn't, you know, well they didn't recover. Everybody kind of stopped. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. I know that the whistles was blowing. Whatever. Number seven for Arkansas recovered the ball. So what you're telling me is that Auburn gets a Kentucky had a touchdown that was clearly a touchdown. There was not anyone that viewed that except the SEC replay officials. And I mean, it was obviously a touchdown that that was that was just taken away from Kentucky. Completely changed the game. Helped Auburn get a little momentum and end up, you know, we've seen that Kentucky's offense is not that great, right, Taylor? Yeah, yeah. You know, you start throwing around a touchdown here and a touchdown there in a league that's competitive because a lot of the teams are just trying to figure everything out right now um, because there's so many new people being in there. Those momentum plays are huge. But, man, come on, man. You, you can't, especially, like, for Arkansas, man, you know, they're playing so well, you know, their culture's changing. It's like, you just can't miss that call if you're the league, but 
you know, it goes back to like the three to two year. You know, Auburn fans are all sitting there pity party pouting about, well, you know what? You're two and one. You're two and one. It shouldn't be. Yeah, but you know what? It's it's happened. It's happened over the course of time. You know, Auburn gets some really good bounces at times. Um, you know, and I think it'd just be cool if, the, if, if everybody would acknowledge it across the SEC, including their fans that like. Bravo to Arkansas. They deserve to win the game. They really won the game. Hey, things happen. You know, it's it's always a learning opportunity, Taylor, um, to grow from that life's just not going to go your way. You know, it upsets me. It upsets a lot of you know people. But I'm upset for those Arkansas kids because I saw up close how hard they played at Mississippi State. And to go to Beach and then to go to Auburn would have been – but I think there's a message that you can say we really did that um, and make those kids believe it. So, um, you know, good for Pittman. Man, I, I, I'll tell you this. I'm going to watch this Arkansas team when I can because they play inspired, and I like watching them. Yes, they do. I saw uh, I saw somewhere uh, on on Twitter. I can't remember who did it. So if you're listening to this and it's your tweet, I apologize for not giving you the credit. But uh, the tweet was, "Oh, so you lost a game at Auburn?" Question mark. Take this token and uh, take it to Birmingham during the off season, and maybe they'll get that rule changed for you. Because that's uh, that's happened a couple times over in uh, Tuscaloosa as well, where uh, Auburn will beat them on just this, you know, fluke play or a play that you're not really exactly sure what the rule is, and all of a sudden it's a new rule by the next season. So uh, maybe mm-hmm. Arkansas can uh, can get that rule changed. We've got one more segment coming up, and uh, we're going to have a uh, nice little hype message from our guy Bart Heitch coming up after this break. This is Locked On Mississippi State, the Monday edition brought to you by Built Bar. Remember, go to builtbar.com, use the promo code Locked On and you will get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Final segment on today's show, we've uh, recapped the Mississippi State-Kentucky game. We've also recapped all the other big games going on in the SEC. But before we uh, do our Mike Leach press conference review show tomorrow and start to get things going towards Texas A&M week, uh, if you remember a couple weeks ago after Mississippi State beat LSU and the video came out with Coach Leach and the bandwagon and everybody was so excited to be a part of the Mississippi State bandwagon, well, Mississippi State's 0-2 since then. I know we've got our diehard fans that are going to be with the dogs, they're going to be wearing maroon and white no matter what, but there are probably some that are questioning a little bit, maybe some that are a little skeptical about staying on the bandwagon. But you, Bart Heitch, what is your message to those fans and to those fans that are just, you know, kind of still on the fence about what's going on. Well, folks, unfortunately, we might have been incorrect uh, about uh, about the SEC being uh, great this year. I will say that. It's clear that Alabama and Georgia are the two best teams, and they may not lose to anybody but each other. But I'll tell you this. All you Bulldog fans out there, I know what you stand for. I know how much you love, you know, being us. And I know how much you love Starkville. I know how much a lot of you love the G-Tom team. I know how much you love O'Waverly. What about going to a baseball game? Get that humpback rocking. What about the women's basketball? That program's not bad. I've got the best facility in the country, in my opinion, out at Mossy There's a lot to be excited about if you're a Bulldog fan. Town's growing. Excitement's growing. It can take a year to kind of figure it out. And then come back, guns blazing. You know, when we do figure out how is all this newness going to work together, come by the G-Tom tent at some point. Just drop by and honk and feel that spirit coming off of it. Because I'm telling you, there ain't no place to be like Starkville. 
And in a couple of years, we're all going to be glad and happy when all them cowbells are rocking. Because there's one thing you won't take away from us is the spirit and the cowbell. Come on down. College and sweet tea and barbecue still waiting on you. There we go. That's uh, Bart Heights joining us on today's show. We'll join him, uh, or he'll join us again, rather, uh, on Wednesday's show and on Friday's show to talk about Mississippi State and Texas A&M as uh, we get ready for our uh, last game for our first and only bye week of the year. I guess we really get two, but uh, we kind of get that uh, little extra game there at the uh, at the end of the year. But uh, we've got Texas A&M this week, got a bye week after that. Uh, we'll be having a lot more Mississippi State coverage on Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, Bart, where can people find you on social media? Same as always, at bheich22, at bhyche22, uh, Snapchat, Twitter, and Instagram, and then Bart Heich on Facebook. We're going to get back, man. It just may take a minute, but uh, hang in there. We're going to get back. You can follow us on social media at Locked On Miss State. That's Locked On M-I-S-S-S-T on Twitter and Instagram. You can also uh, follow me on Twitter at Taylor Jones underscore underscore. Send us an email, locked on Mississippi State at gmail.com. Tomorrow's show will be all about Coach Leach and what he said during his weekly press conference. There was something he said uh, during uh, the game or at, during his press conference after the game on Saturday that I'm going to be on the lookout for, as well as uh, what the quarterback situation is going to be. Is it, are we going to see a little bit more Will Rogers? Or are we going to just say, you know, hey, trust in KJ and take, KJ is going to get this turnaround? I don't know. We're going to have a lot, a uh, lot to report, I'm sure, from uh, Starkville tomorrow. So until then, have a great day. Hail State. We'll talk again tomorrow. Good dog.